Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. I don't think there's any doubt. Kirk's put a lot of played a lot of games, been a lot of key situations, and made some plays. You know, the knock on Kirk is probably the big games. He's had trouble in the big games, but uh, I think the supporting cast that he has now in Minnesota, the support that he has from his head coach, his offensive coordinator's quarterback coach, is a perfect fit. Now, if they can continue to play decent defense, um, then sure they got a chance. They got the best receiving core, maybe the best receiver in pro football. They got one of the top backs in pro football, and Kirk's playing efficiently. Now, that's what you need. Jake Rudin mm-hmm. making a little appearance on ESPN Radio with Canty and Carlin, saying that yes, the Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, gentlemen. Yes. Uh, this is Mackie and Judd. Welcome into the show. Daily Minnesota sports, entertainment, therapy, speculation, whatever you need from us. And, boys, it's hard to find a bigger Vikings fan than our guy Randy in Cottage Grove. He is RandyVikes69 on Twitter. He has uh, correctly predicted multiple Vikings draft picks throughout the years on our show. Uh, Randy, what's going on with you, man? Uh Doing great, you know, uh, several several weeks back, I told you guys you better get used to the this feeling, and and we're, we're going to rattle off a few now. What is it? A seven? Yep. We have a seven know, now, seven, Judd. Seven straight seven, wins. Seven straight yep. wins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, old, old old Randy was uh, so you know you see the writing on the wall uh, mm-hmm. with a team and the way they play and the the makeup, the, their makeup and their, their their moxie, and this is uh it's offensive. I don't gamble on sports, but it's offensive that uh, we're not favored against Dallas. Yeah, it's Dallas now. Like a two, is two. it two point favorite? They opened as two. two point road favorites. Yeah, yes. It's offensive. That's offensive. You, yeah. you, you got you got to hammer if you if you if you gamble. You got if you're in Vegas, hammer the bike. I'm surprised you're not a gambling man, Randy. You seem like a gambling man. I don't gamble. I don't do uh, fan, uh, fantasy. Uh, when you actually look like to look at at, at tape and, and 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 you know break it down, uh, it's a lot more fun to just kind of know you were right and have the moral moral victory. Plus, several years ago, I got into some trouble with it. Oh, yeah. oh that you buried I, the lead I figured, there. Yeah, I figured this is where this was going. What happened? I was we uh, just some wagering and uh, some yeah. good. Uh, as they say, I I got it in good, as they like to say, oh, and then uh-huh. it's. Uh, uh, didn't work out. Uh, it didn't work out uh, several times, and the, the choice was: if you want to have a, a you know, a clean, want to have a vehicle, or want to have some wins in the the you know Vegas, and then the answer proved out to be a vehicle. 
Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes you reach those crossroads, those, those yeah. key forks in the road in life, and you have to make a decision. Uh, what was your experience like just kind of watching that game before we get to the stable here, Randy? You know, just so many backs and forths. It looked like the Vikings, you know, the Vikings miss on the, the fourth down quarterback sneak, and it kind of felt like the game was, I mean, the Buffalo Bills Twitter account in all caps put fourth down stop, game over with a big picture before Josh Allen had uh, had the you know the fumble disaster what was your experience sort of taking in that game yeah get, i guess not get, guess not <laughs> buffalo twitter uh, account uh, but i would say we you know we watch at the bar right, as we do most weeks and uh, uh, you know as i've said th- this year's been a good year as far as like touchdown shots sack shots uh, yeah. you know getting a real, real good head of steam going but when you're done you know 20, what was 24 10 at the half 27 10 in the third it was getting a little rowdy in a bad way. A lot of lot of people were antsy. A lot of people were, were saying, this, "This is we're better than this," and we we all at the bar did what the what the what the guys did. We we looked inside ourselves and said, "We we're not going to these shots aren't going to be given to us free. We're going to buy them and rip them and go." And and we did. And and we we got on top of a good buzz, and they got on top of the bills. And as soon as as soon as. Uh, you know that that uh, the goal. First of all, we got jogged multiple times by 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 refs. You know, like they say, well, they're letting them play, letting them play. They're letting the Bills play, tugging on JJ, and and and, and Gabe's Davis has the his balls are all over the ground. You know, bouncing everywhere. It's just and, one. And this, yeah, this, it's, this, it's one. It's it's also it's one thing to let them play. It's another thing to let them play with twelve guys on the field for one of those plays yeah. too. It's ridiculous. You, you 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 know a lot of people like you know you guys like uh, some of you guys like the WWE. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I they they, they that's uh, I don't know if you know, but that's scripted. Uh, okay. Okay. And, spoiler uh, alert. Okay. Uh, easy no, guy. it's real. Okay. You're scripted. Well, yeah. Well, sometimes a lot of people think that that the the NFL has agendas. We'll just say that that maybe for them having a, having a Bills team at at the seven and two was was a little more important than a Vikes team at eight and one. And and they like to kind of set things up. Well, I got news for you, NFL. We got an agenda. We got an agenda to win a title. We got an agenda to put the league on notice. And right now, Philly, we're going to be the number one seed. I'll tell you that right now, Philly. Just lost to a, to a crap team that we that we blew out, and then and and I'll tell you this: they're going to play Dallas again. They're going to play the Giants again. And we play a bunch of zeros, bunch of no no talent teams. The green, well, old Green Bay's got new life. Well, back. the Vikings <laughs> also play the the Giants and Dallas coming yeah. up. So other than those Randy's. two teams you just listed, but we're going to oh. kick their ass. We're going to kick oh, their boy, ass. We're going to be we're going to be the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm I'm just, I, we, we were snug at the bar. I'm, we're snug all week. Yep. And we're going to beat Dallas by a, by a bunch. And this is a, this is a great uh, with a game like that. I can't do just three uh, in the stable. So buckle up. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Well. Well. Then let's let's get to it here. Uh, and before we get to the stable, we should welcome in a new partner into Mackie and Judd here. It seems awfully fitting. Yeah. Lake Ridge Liquors. Welcome to the Mackie and Judd show in Score North, Dex. Yes. Where are they located? I'll tell you, Randy. They're right off six ninety four in Rice Street. You know, are you familiar with the, you know the northern eastern suburbs there? Yeah, more of a badness more, heights. I mean, more down down sixty one way, but uh, okay. If I can get a ride there, I'll check it out. Sure, sure, I'll pick you up. And uh, and the best thing is, Randy, they actually have a reward system. You know, the, the, I, as as someone who frequents the liquor store like you and I do a lot, it's nice to have a little bit of a reward system, right? And if you mention Score North when you sign up for their reward reward program, 
They will spot you five bucks in rewards for your next visit. They have Before I Die there. They have over 1,000 wines in stock. It's Lake Ridge Liquors off 694 in Rice Street, a new sponsor of Mackie and Judd and Score North. Go check out Lake Ridge Liquors off 694 in Rice Street in Vadness Heights. The, it's the, I think it's the official sponsor now of those sack shots whenever Daniil and Zadarius get home on Sundays. Let's if do they it. Got, if they got Yag over at uh, Lakewood Liquors, I'll be there. Lake Ridge. Lake, Lake, Lake Ridge. Ridge. Lake, Lake Ridge. Got, if yeah. they got Yag, I will, sure they I do. will make, make a stop. I'm sure yeah, we they can, have. Uh, we can, we can verify, babes. but uh, very likely that they do, yes. Okay, thank you to uh, Lake Ridge, and let's go. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, well, uh, this is the stud stable here. Randy Vikes, 69. A uh, an eight and one stud stable from you. Go ahead, you fire away. This is week nine, uh, and it's an eight and one, and that's because we won seven in a row. Uh, and this was this was the most definitive signature win yet. This is a signature win, and and, and Kirkle, Kirkle was was great, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were great, but they're not even going to make this stable. <laughs> if you can believe that, and it's packed. It is packed, and we're going to start right now with a guy. Who coming into the game? I think a lot of people said, "Where is he going to fit in this offense?" Well, I got news for you; he's right back where he belongs. That's number four, Delvin Cook. Delvin, you made that. You changed that game. Mm-hmm. You took that game from the jaws of uh, of defeat, as they say, and you put the pedal down and you said, "We ain't done. We are not done. We all got shots when you scampered, and that was a great run too. That's the kind of run. That's vintage, Delvin Cook. And Delvin, you're a stud." On the defensive side of the ball, this guy is a little long in the tooth, maybe, but he can still ball out, as they say. And this day, he got the best of Stefan Diggs on a couple of big-time plays, including one where Diggs is looking for the flag. Uh-uh. He doesn't let them play. You're going to tug on J.J., we're going to bust your ass. And Harrison Smith, 2-2, you went in there, deuces, and said deuces to you, Stefan. Harrison Smith, you're a stud. Stud. I love it. Sticking on the defense for another guy who battled his ass off. He battled his ass off. He got hurt and came back in that game and said, I ain't going to let us lose. I ain't, I'm going to will us to, to victory. And this is a guy right now who has been in this table a lot of times. And this week, he's back in it. Zalarius Smith, you're a stud. Yes, Zalarius. Love Zalarius. Let's get it, Zalarius. Way to go. Coming up now, one more stud from the D, and this is Eric Kendricks. Eric, when that fumble hit the ground, oh, my God, everyone at the bar lost it. We completely lost it, and we said, get on it. Get on it. And so was Pat uh, Pat P. was pointing at it, and you got it. You went right on it, and it was a touchdown. We got a shot for that. And, Eric, you kept us in that game. You turned you turned an absolute uh, historic chance for us to get make history, and we did. And, Eric Kendricks, you're a stud. Stud. And there's two more guys, and we'll go now to the super stud. Oh. And the super stud, I don't know how you – it's tough to not give him the super-duper stud, but the guy coming up, <laughs> sorry, this is how it works. This guy was on the plane with his shirt off. He's got what they call an eight-pack. Uh, he, he's he's looking looking real sharp, looking looking strapped. better than I looked when I was in my track. Definitely strapped. He's strapped, Randy, is what they he's, say. He's, they say yoked. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and this is P2. Patrick Peterson, you can go ahead and play another 10 years as far as I'm concerned. Let's keep it rocking. P2, 
We love you here. We're never going to kick you to the curb like Arizona. And P2, you're a super stud. And finally, here's a guy who I don't care what, when it's time to pay his ass, you better back up the truck. You better back up two or three trucks because he's going to be worth every penny. This is a guy who I don't care if it's old Randy or Jeff under center. Anyone could throw to this guy and he's going to come down with the ball. This is JJ, J Jettas. They call him the Jet Jettas. And Justin Jefferson, you deserve this spot because you are a super duper good eight and one score. And he's in. Poof. He goes. And wow. he's gone. He's gone. And he's gone. Yes. Very. That that was a very coherent list for a guy who two days ago was probably obliterated by the end of the <laughs> Oh my god. Does he there were enough points? I'm guessing that his friends had to explain what happened to him at the end of that game. That's right? my that, guess. Like, what he was talking about there was just sort of referenced back to him after he woke up from whatever uh, <laughs> slumber he I wonder. In. I wonder if, if he could comehend the Kendricks recovery for a touchdown in the end zone. I barely could, point, and yeah. I hadn't had anything to drink. Right, right. but I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think when you're doing the shots... Uh, so the there, that's, the, that's the stud stable from Randy and Cadge Grove. Randy Vikes, 69. So uh, Zalarius Smith, otherwise known as Zadarius Smith, now has a 10 pressure lead among all edge rushers. He has 55 pressures this season. The next closest, so in fairness, Nick Bosa, uh, he missed a game, has played one fewer game. But Nick Bosa is 10 pressures behind Zadarius Smith. And then there's a big list of, like, uh, Matthew Judon, Miles Garrett, Brian Burns, etc. Daniel Hunter is 10th, tied for 10th in pressures. But, man, for all the questions early in the season about, oh, the Vikings just don't uh, don't get a lot of pressure. What's up with this? What's up with this system, Ed? Where's all you got? You got... Zadarius over here, Daniil over there. Why can't you generate pressure? And they now have, I would say, the best. I think statistically, it is the best pass rushing among edge rushers tandem in the NFL so far this year. Pretty incredible. I still was a little bit concerned at times against the Bills. There were still some times I was like, Ed, Ed, what are you doing? But, but isn't part of that like what the Bills do? Not to like exonerate because they did give up a lot of yards, but Josh Allen is. Almost impossible to sack, for one, because he's so big. Sure, and he's, yeah. he's like young Ben Roethlisberger, but he's yep. probably even more mobile. True. And he just, how many times did the Vikings have something dialed up where, oh, there's there's two rushers coming free, and Josh Allen just scoots out to the right and keeps a play. He doesn't look like he should be as mobile as he is when you just look at him. So I'm, I'm I don't know, I, not to exonerate, because they definitely do give up too many yards, but... Uh, I think Josh Allen just kind of does that to everybody, doesn't he? And that guy is a hoss, man. Whew. That that a guy, hoss. he's hoss a hoss. Hoss is a, hoss. Hoss is a, is a great, great term to describe a big guy. <laughs> but, I mean, he is a hoss. He's like the definition of it. Because, yeah, when, when he takes off, you ain't going to bring him down. <laughs> a hoss. Um, just for the record, uh, yep. Josh Allen was pressured on 42% of his dropbacks. Wow. And he was he was nine of fourteen for 104 yards, no touchdowns. He did throw one interception when pressured in that game. Uh, the Vikings only blitzed on 24 percent of Josh Allen dropbacks. He was eight of eleven when blitzed for 79 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. 
it's tough to know what to do because if you send too many guys, then he'll just keep a play alive, and now there's just single coverage yes. all over the field with guys like Stefan Diggs. And yep, you, you can't. You're not going to make a living single covering Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis for three hours, unfortunately. So you got to be careful sending too many guys, but especially when Gabe gets all that help on catches that aren't catches. Yeah, exactly. Well, where are you kind of at with this this bend but don't break Donna Shell defense then? Um, so. I'm nervous because it it seems to me like there there would probably be ways, especially in a playoff game, to exploit it. Uh, I do like the pressure. So it, I think statistically, if you go back, up until the Dolphins game, they were not getting sufficient pre- pressure. So I sort of, I, I was much more skeptical of the entire system at that point. Starting with the Dolphins game before the bye week, they definitely dialed up pressure so I'm less skeptical now, but I think if I was to use one word to describe the Donichelle scheme, it would be this. Nervous. It makes me nervous. It feels like they're always on the edge of, you know, bend but don't break sometimes means the pressure will eventually break the dam. <laughs> so I can't I can't say I'm completely confident. Um there are some players who are playing very well, though, I will say that. Well, here's here's a here's a number that kind of validates what you're talking about here. The Vikings defense is 30th in the NFL. Well, there's three teams tied for 28th, so they're they're 28th in the NFL in yards per play allowed. They are allowing six yards per play. The only two defenses that are worse from a yardage per play perspective are the Falcons and the Lions. Cool. Um, so, so six yards per play, the best defenses are the Eagles and Broncos at four and a half yards per play. So that adds up over the course of a game, obviously, but from a scoring perspective, they, the Vikings were actually like 12th, I think going into last week, they giving up 30 to the bills is going to bring them back to, uh, to 14th. So the scoring their top half of the league, kind of on the fringes of the top 10, a little bit there, but the yardage, they are one, they are one of the worst yardage defenses in the league so far this year. I know the Vikings have played to a lot of backup quarterbacks. They almost had to play another one in case Keenum last week before Josh Allen uh, was honestly fine. The dude was still balling yesterday, uh, on Sunday with a quote-unquote sprained UCL. But here's the, here's the quarterbacks the Vikings will face the rest of the way. So they'll have Dak on Sunday, who's a good quarterback. But after that, Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi for New England, Zach Wilson for the Jets, Jared Goff for the Lions, Matt Ryan of the Colts, Daniel Jones of the Giants, who's looking a little bit better, but eh, eh, nothing to be afraid of. You have to, you will have to play Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay on New Year's Day. You know, all right, we'll still credit up to Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, and then you finish the year against Justin Fields. But you're going to have a run here for the next basically five of seven weeks against below average quarterbacks, which. Again, I know some of them have diced you up a little bit still a few times this year, but that's pretty encouraging. I'm not sweating things as much as I am from a defensive side when I even see the quarterbacks that they're lining up against. I'm thinking big picture, though, here, boys. I'm thinking playoff games. I'm extrapolating what I'm, I'm seeing to say in a one-game playoff where if you lose, you go home. Does the bend but not but don't break. Does that work? And and how can it be forcing turnovers? Like yeah, those those don't always happen. Exactly. Yeah. And and if you can find ways, I mean, the one thing that when we get to the playoffs, these guys will do coaching wise nothing but spend all day watching film, 
and going after guys. And yep. so that's the one thing. Like what what is a minor problem in week eight can become a massive problem in the playoffs. And so that's where I'm curious if, if they can I guess the word is stabilize things a bit because it's not go- it's not going to be perfect and it can't be. But can you stabilize it a little bit more? The Giants kind of profile the same way. So the Giants are just they're five point eight yards per play allowed on defense, and they are still winning a bunch of games. So ultimately, at the end of the day, and we we said this when O'Connell was hired in January, and we said it before the season, offense is going to have to lead this thing. You're, you're not. This isn't like 2017 where your defense is going to pitch a near shutout, or you know some of the other teams like the uh, the Russell Wilson Seahawks team that was really just defense, 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 the Legion and boom. Right. This is going to have to be. Vikings are going to put up 30, and they're not averaging that yet. They're averaging 25, but there might be another gear. I think there's another gear to the offense. I think the defense. There's. I'm not going to say there isn't another gear because do I think they're like the 28th? ranked defense yardage wise at the end of the day with all these you know skills all over the place no um but the offense is going to have to post 28 or 30 in a playoff game at home and the defense is just going to have to do what you can force a turnover if you can right and we also learned on sunday one thing too that, that and to the vikings credit in the fourth quarter they went back to this but you know jefferson had the great first half Third quarter, I think they definitely didn't th- throw to him a- as much, and it went too well. The Bills have decided they're going to sh- shut him down, and somebody wisely said, no, nah, you know what, we will lose if that is our, well, they've shut him down, and they went back to him. Kirk can throw some picks there. There's certainly some dicey plays, but I really believe in a playoff game, if you say, oh, man, because, I mean, every team now is going to say 18 ain't going to be- beat us. So if you say in a playoff game, yeah, you know what, we got uh, that, uh, 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 he's done, you're going to lose that game. So, like, that's the thing is these are going to be uh, nail-biting experiences. Yeah. But you're going to have to find ways to counter. And I love the fact on Sunday that in a tough environment, the Vikings came back and said, Justin Jefferson has to play a role here. We can't just say he's done. And he makes one of the most incredible catches in franchise history, if yeah. not the most incredible. Yep. Uh, by the way, that um, that Vikings discussion after the Randy and Cottage Grove studs table was presented by our friends at Federated. Federated's been around for over 100 years, helping business owners like a great offensive line, protecting a quarterback. And uh, you can find out all kinds more information about their history, the way that they go about business. Uh, they're all about building relationships. I mean, they really measure the success of their business by the success of your business. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours, Mackie and Judd. And uh, it's a Tuesday, which means usually we have a pecking order of some kind because we like to rank things on mm-hmm. the show. And with that Justin Jefferson catch, just one hand ripping the ball away from two hands of a Buffalo Bills defender, it really was one of the more exciting regular season moments in Vikings history. I mean, it had people talking about, you know, was it, was it up there with the Greg Lewis catch? He's a fourth and 18. You, the, the game is pretty much over if you don't catch that pass. And so um, Judd has gone into his historical cave the last oh, 24 hours. YouTube rabbit hole last night, gentlemen. <laughs> YouTube rabbit hole. You have a pecking order for us, so the, the floor is yours. How, how, okay. how are we uh, classifying this pecking order? Okay, this is Judd's top 10 most memorable regular season plays by 
the Vikings. It dates to the first year that I started to follow this team. I think it was 44 years ago now, 1978. In other words, no playoff games. Because I think if we get into playoff plays, it gets dicey. Because clearly, like, right. the, the the digs catch is, is one. Um, so I eliminated playoff plays. And to be clear, this is most memorable. So, so the Jefferson catch is the most difficult and is high on this list, but it doesn't necessarily land as the most memorable uh, because often those are touchdowns. Okay. Okay. So, and this is very subjective. So, if you disagree, go ahead and disagree. If you disagree, hammer Judd on Twitter. Yeah. That's at if you Jay-Z. disagree, you're wrong, and you're wrong, and I'm right. Anyway, all right. Let's start with number 10. I want to throw the defense a little bit of love, okay? They are they are clearly going to get one. Uh, so, But I want to throw them a little bit of love and go with a, again, memorable play in the regular season. Number 10, October 7th, 2018. When Linval Joseph returns a Carson <laughs> Wentz fumble, 64 yards for a touchdown. Vikings win 23-21, and it leads to, to the great meme, of Joseph with like sunglasses on and taking air from an oxygen tank, which we found out didn't have air circulating through it. <laughs> Why? Why? It was it not plugged in? I guess it was not Why? plugged in. But but that play that play oh. to this day stands out. So I gave that play a little bit of love. Number ten, a big guy touchdown. Yeah, you got to put a, put a guy. big guy touchdown, and he's just here. rumbling to the, the end zone. Yeah, a exactly. Hoss oh yeah, a hoss yes, touchdown. Exactly right. Big hoss oh. touchdown. Number nine on my list occurred October 5th of 1998. Randy Moss's 44-yard touchdown in particular. Remember, I'm choosing plays, not games. So I had to go uh, watch highlights and pick the most memorable of Moss's two touchdowns in his breakout game as a rookie against the Packers at Lambeau Field. His 44-yard touchdown grab that came on a pass from Randall Cunningham comes after he literally takes the ball from the defender. Now, it wasn't Jefferson-like because he wasn't going backwards. He was going, so it wasn't as hard. But it's a second score of a game that the Vikings won 37-24. Uh, and I had forgotten until I watched the condensed highlights of that game that the Green Bay Packers, that was their first loss at Lambeau in 29 games, including 25 regular season games. Wow. They hadn't lost since 1995. According to Al That's Michaels, insane. So, so that, that was game, definitely the peak of ooh. Lambeau Field's powers, right? Like the mid yes, to late sir. '90s period. Yeah, incredible, incredible. That is number nine. So we're getting good here. Number eight, September thirteenth, regular season opener of two thousand nine. What turned into a magical year until it wasn't. Adrian Peterson, and, and this is a Peterson rabbit hole. I could have picked five runs, eight runs, yeah. ten runs. I mean, when you go through his runs, you forget in his prime how strong and impressive he was. But he had a 64-yard touchdown run on opening day, Favre's first game, 2009 in Cleveland, where he is breaking away. He gets held up by a Browns defender. He stops. And stiff arms, not one but two guys, basically throws them off him backwards. And that is his third rushing touchdown of the day in a 34-20 win. And again, I could have picked any number of Peterson runs. I tried to keep it to one. That play was insane because he basically, like you said, he stopped in the middle of the run to hand fight Brown's defenders. And he just chucked one off 
to the side, threw another one into the bench or whatever, and then just ran the rest of the way for a touchdown. Just insane. Yes, and he uh, he also had the one, it wasn't as great of run, but the one where he plants his foot the same season on a Steelers safety and uses him to launch himself and yeah. keep going. But anyway, th- this one was... Uh, great speed, great strength. That Steelers one, it was uh, it was a pass. It was a like a dump off pass over the middle, like a wheel route. Yes. And he turns around, <laughs> and it reminded me of that Indiana Jones uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the guy gets, or what maybe it was Temple. No, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, where one of the guys gets run over by uh, all the one of the military vehicles. Yeah. And all you see is like, ah! like his legs <laughs> are just like, bah, bah, bah. like that poor safety. <laughs> He's like, what happened? All right, number seven. 1998 again, but this time November 26th, Thanksgiving Day in Dallas. Again, Moss had three touchdowns in that game, but I wanted to pick one of those three. And his third touchdown was actually the only one that was not a deep pass, but it was more impressive. It's a relatively short pass. He breaks a tackle and then outraces everyone down the sideline. A 56-yard score, 46-36, Vikings win. But but it showed the versatility of Moss, the absolute versatility. Because, I mean, he caught a lot of deep t- touchdowns. And, and for the most part, he's breaking away from guys. Mm-hmm. Nice throw, nice catches, but they're pretty much from the Moss highlight film. This one was relatively short pass, breaks tackle, and just takes off. Showed his, his strength, his speed. And, I mean, this guy in the open field was a complete nightmare. So that's number seven. And then John Madden spent three hours just salivating over all of the plays and just the, the tur- turducken and telestrators and everything. You you forget, like, the highlights of that year for a rookie. You forget how special that guy was. Yeah, he was insane. I don't think anyone's forgotten how special Randy Moss was. Though. But, but I mean, that year, it's just like this guy is – he's because he's changing the game, and you're like, this is really special. But I, it's hard to, like, contextualize at that time. He's changing the game. Like, he's yeah. changing how philosophies go. So that's yeah. number seven. Yeah. Number six starts to get good here. It starts to get even more dicey, more intriguing in my top ten most memorable regular season plays by the Vikings. September 26th of 1993, Minneapolis at the Metrodome. Hmm. This is memorable. It's not a great catch, but it's memorable. Eric Gulliford, out of nowhere, catches a 45-yard pass from Jim McMahon against Green Bay that puts the ball uh, deep in Packers territory, six seconds left, and Phil Mackey's guy, Fouad Reves, comes on and kicks his fifth field goal of the game to win it. But that's the play where there there was like speculation. Did Gulliford come off the sideline? Where the heck did that come from? It's one of those really weird plays. And it's not as if Eric Gulliford had an illustrious career here. But that is one of the more memorable catches and plays in itself from the Vikings in the 90s. Was that a trick play or was he just standing off to the, got behind the edge defense. of the... But like no one covered him, right? No, it's really bizarre. Go back and watch it. It's really, mm-hmm. really bizarre. He's just breaking wide open down the right side. and oh. mm-hmm. that was, but, that, I mean, Those are some interesting. Every year the Vikings had a new quarterback in there, too. It was like uh, Salisbury one year and then Jim McMahon. And then they got Warren Moon in 1994. That was a, The early to mid-90s were a weird hodgepodge era of Vikings Danny, football. Danny, man, he's just juggling. Yeah. And, and he had Gannon and didn't like him. 
Well, like then Gannon, then Gannon became one of the best uh, best quarterbacks in the league like five or six years later. Absolutely. So we're halfway through Judd's pecking order here. I think it's time to light a victory candle in honor of the 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Now, where would we do that, potentially? Uh, let's see. Where would we do, do that? Number one on my list of candles. If I was to do a pecking order of candles, I would say number one on that list easily is... My friends, at Spiral Light Candles. And, yes, as Phil said, so if you're saying, Victor Candle, that's intriguing because I am a Vikings fan. The Purple Positivity, Judd's Purple Positivity Candle exists. It it can uh, it smells great. It's really cool. And you know what? It can calm you down. Like, let's say there's a mo- moment of crisis. The Vikings get stopped on the goal line, and now you're pacing around, and you're like, you know what I would like right now? I'd like some aromatherapy from a candle spiral light candles is here to provide that the other great thing too is that guess what spiralightcandles.com offers you an entire array of great gifts great holiday presents spiralightcandles.com guys i'm telling you right now your mom your wife whatever will absolutely love it and one favorite ask if you do contact them spiralightcandles.com please tell them Purple Daily told you about them because um, our sponsors keep track of things by hearing our name. So Mackie and Judd, PD, just say, I heard it there. Spiralightcandles.com, though, is the place to go. Boom. All right, back to the the top five most memorable regular season Vikings plays. Okay, I, I cheated a little bit here because I got done with my list, and I'm like, Judd, 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 Judd. You don't have a Chris Carter catch. You got to have a Chris Carter catch. And so I went again to YouTube and I went through a litany. And there's like Peterson, there's just a ton of great plays. Like the guy made a ton of great plays. But I wanted to pick one. And I found one in particular that I had long forgotten about. But my God, is it special? September 8th, 1991, in his second year here. So he got picked up um, off waivers from the Eagles in 1990. Chris Carter makes a one-handed catch on a 39-yard pass from Wade Wilson uh, in what turned into a 20-19 Vikings win in Atlanta. Now, the catch is made with a defender on him. So Carter is falling. The guy is covering him. He catches the ball with, he leaps, catches the ball with one hand, hauls it in at like the one and keeps the momentum going to roll mm. into the end zone for a touchdown. Talk I urge dirty. you to watch it. <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is the quintessential Chris Carter in his sort of prime catch. It is outstanding. And it was my firm belief that at least one, if not, if not more, uh, Chris Carter catches boys had to be on this list. So that checks in at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta as number five. Okay, yeah, it's I'm, it's hard to remember like a game winning. I mean, he he also had a bunch of just touchdown catches that oh. probably altered games, but they yeah. were Chris Carter was more just a steady beat of amazing consistency and one-handed catches for 10 years. He never really had like the Moss Thanksgiving game or I mean, he had one-handed catches. I don't know if he had any like Jefferson. So, it, but I mean, it is kind of hard to think about, like, what's the one thing that stands out for him? I don't know. He was just like that kind of every game for yeah. the 90s, you know? His hands were special. That man had special hands. He really did have special hands. All right, that's number five. Number four. So, we're getting into the meat of the good stuff here. 
Number four is, well, it's a catch, but it's not the catch that made the play. October 18th, 2003, Metrodome, Denver Broncos in town. Randy Moss, late first half, catches a really nice, deep, late pass from Dante Culpepper. But he's being tackled. Oh, my goodness. Half's going to end. What shall he do? He, of course, does the the behind-the-back, over-the-shoulder flip. Uh, Mo catches the ball from the flip and goes in for a touchdown to end the first half in what ended up being a 28-20 win. So it's, it's Culpepper to Moss to Williams that makes this play. And I think it's safe to say that among memorable regular season plays, this will qualify for a long time that everyone recalls it. That play was just crazy. Yeah. Like, who even who even thinks to do that, right? He's being tackled and just kind of instinctually flings the ball over his shoulder. And then if you watch on that play, too, so Mo Williams was the running back, right? Yeah. Mo Williams continuing on that play, like, he didn't have to be down there doing that. If you watch his route kind of from yep. the right side of the field all the way diagonally across, and he's following, and it was instinctual for both those guys. Yeah, True. crazy play. True or not, he did he did claim afterwards that they practiced it. Okay. So, like, I, I it, it. It, he he claimed it was not a fluke type of play, that, that they had actually worked on that play at practice, and so he ran the route through because of the opportunity or the potential yeah. opportunity that existed. Okay. okay. We're to the top three now. Controversy reigns. Oh. Controversy can reign. But again, remember, it's the it's the most memorable plays that stand out, too. So it's not degree of difficulty. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Because degree of difficulty would have been hard to do. Now, I'm saying the Jefferson catch is the most difficult catch I've seen. Uh, but I can't prove that necessarily through going through clips. So, number three on my list, that's a long-winded way of saying, is... Justin Jefferson's catch okay. on fourth and 18. Wow. The situation, the difficulty, I, I'm pretty certain we will be talking about that catch in 10 years. And I'm pretty certain that it's going to end up being the defining catch of his career because, Phil, to your point, like we talk about Carter continually, but I don't know that we ever like, and we talk about his degree of catches, but I don't know to what to what you said, that there's one catch that, like, stands out. Like, I found one in retrospect, but we don't talk about that that catch, and I actually had to go on YouTube to find it. So I think that the Jefferson catch on 4th and 18 will, will be a defining catch. So I put that three, which I, might quick, be low. I, but... I think there is a fighting chance. You're saying this will be the defining catch of his career? Yes. I don't think that's I think it'll be a defining catch of his career. I think there are I think there might be a Super Bowl catch at some point. There okay. might I'm, I'm not saying that the degree of difficulty is going to be the same, but I could I could I see him catching a pass in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl in the back of the end zone or something? Like <laughs> yeah. there's there's a lot of career left for him to do damage in the playoffs, and anything done in the playoffs is going to be elevated even more. Very so, fair. Very yeah. fair. There's I noticed that there are these reg, these is a regular season Re- list. Yes, only. There's no playoffs. I don't know that there would be many playoff plays to even add to this list, unfortunately, in our lives. You'd have to go back to the 70s or something. It's not like the Vikings are littered with great playoff plays to choose from. Yeah, I mean, Diggs would be number one yeah. on this list, I think, because it's a playoff game. Ceiling. But yeah, you might be. 
Thielen catch, and the Saints could be like the Thielen, yeah, or the yeah. off catch or something. Yeah. yeah. Now we're to number two. Regular season list is correct. December 14, 1980, Metropolitan Stadium. Ahmad Rashad's 46-yard catch of a Hail Mary pass from Tommy Kramer in Week 15 against the Browns that clinched the NFC Central title. Um, it's a catch that I, I was there for, so I'm biased towards it, but it's a catch that is still talked about. It's going to be celebrated at the Mall of America by Kramer and Company at some point this month. Uh, that is number two on my list because as far as memorable goes, people who weren't born that day still talk about that catch. Mm. Yeah, so that's it's hard because there's a, a whole generation or two of Vikings fans that that's just a that's almost that's 42 years ago now and it just kind of gets forgotten. But um, imagine today if like the Vikings would have won a game on Sunday at home. Yeah, via a forty-six yard hail mary, right? It just it would have been crazy, and we would have said, "Wow, we're going to talk about this for forty years," which people are still. And hell, Tommy Kramer and Bud Grant are still like doing gatherings on the anniversary of that play. Yeah, so it's definitely for that generation of fans. It's kind of it kind of is the defining play of like late seventies, early eighties Vikings football. Absolutely, that leaves us with one, and you can guess it. But you know. I went through this last night, and I was like, can I knock this off the top? Can I? What can I do? Is there any way I can knock this play from the top? Does Jefferson do it? Does the Rashad catch? And simply put, after going back and watching it and debating, I said no. September 27, 2009, week three of the National Football League season. Dateline Minneapolis, place Metrodome. Opponent, San Francisco 49ers. Greg Lewis's 32-yard scoring pass from Brett Favre, which set the tone. The Vikings were 2-0, but that set the tone for uh, what was an incredibly special year for the Vikings and Favre that won the game 27-24. And let me explain why I think it, it qualifies atop this list. Go back and watch it yourself. The degree of difficulty from everyone involved is off the charts. First of all, San Francisco got pressure. Um, Favre, literally, for lack of a better term, uh, it, it's because his hands were so big, rakes the ball, so he 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 basically pumps the ball, but he doesn't yeah. throw it yet. Then, I forget who it was, but there is a 49ers defender who was very close to knocking the ball out of Favre's hands as he went to throw it. So now it's up in the air, and yes. like literally the guy is back here. Favre doesn't just throw it, he gets off a missile. And Greg Lewis makes what remains, in my opinion, especially for a guy who really didn't have a career. He was okay. But he makes one of the most incredible catches on a heater from Favre, which, you know, broke people's fingers in the back of the end zone and keeps his feet in balance to make the catch. Yeah, I can't knock that from the top of my list. The fact that it was also, it, it was effectively a buzzer beater, right? It was mm-hmm. like the last play and... It was kind of a Hail Mary, but not really. You Didn't they snap right. the ball from, like, the 38-yard line? I mean, it was not like a red zone play. They were they were a long ways from the red zone. But because they were, I guess, close enough for him to 32 run yard a line. route. 32. But he's way back he by then. He threw it from, like, the 35 or the yeah. 38, and then he threw it into the back. So the ball traveled probably 40, 45 yards in the air right? because of the 10-yard end zone. And so it was... 
probably just close enough to where you could run actual routes in a play that wasn't a Hail Mary. Yep. But my God, just the perfect pass. You're right. He rolls out to the right, avoids the ball getting stripped out. Um, yeah, you and I both covered that game. We were in the stadium for that. And yep. that was the craziest month of sports I've been a part of. I wasn't really part of the 91 thing. But yep. just like the Vikings Packers and Favre game, and Twins. game 163 yep. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. But that is still one of the three loudest stadium crowd noise pops I've ever heard. And I flew out of my seat just like, whoa, like, what What did we just see? Did this? And uh, fans were hugging strangers and stuff. It was just, it was nuts. So, How he caught yes. that ball, I still have no idea. Yeah. Like, it's a missile. And he he catches it. Get, he leaps. So he's high off the ground, catches it, comes down inbounds. Well, it's a, yeah, it is an incredible, improbable play. So number 10, the Linval Joseph touchdown yep, followed by man. the gas mask. Hoss. Moss versus Packers breakout on primetime television. Peterson stiff-arming all of the Browns yep. in 2009. Moss Thanksgiving. Eric Gulliford in 1993. Chris Carter in 1991. The Moss lateral against the Broncos. The J.J. catch from Sunday. The 1980 Miracle Hail Mary. And then Favre to Lewis. Most mm. memorable regular season plays. So, so I don't know if these are omissions or if it's just these are up for discussion. Absolutely. I would I would consider Jared Allen chasing Dan Orlovsky out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Good one, yeah. On this list. I like it. Uh, I would consider even just like <laughs> Peterson's Peterson breaking the rushing record, the the like the five yard run that broke the record or something. I thought I would about consider. That. Yep, I definitely thought about that one too. Um. How about the Cordero? Didn't Cordero yeah, Patterson have a big return against the Ravens, yeah. like a game-winning yes. return or something? No, it was a um, screen pass, and and he took it. So it, it was a snowy day in Baltimore. Uh, it's a screen pass that he catches behind the, the line of scrimmage, uh, which I think was like the 22 of the Vikings, and takes it to the house in the snow in a game in which everybody else slipped and basically was ice skating. So it's an impressive play. Yeah. 109-yard kick return, too. I think he has the record for the longest kick return. That's yeah, that's probably there. true. Solid. Yep. Is, there a, also, is there a Percy play? I, is there a Percy Harvin? I went back and watched all of his touchdowns from 2009, and there's not. Wow, that's deep research. That's there, there's a person who has put together every touchdown he scored. So yeah. I went back and watched 2009 into 10, and there's not one. Mm. Um there, there are, there is a long kickoff return for a touchdown. There's a couple of those. Pittsburgh is one in Pittsburgh that year, and there was a game in the Metrodome that he returned. I think it was, I think it was the Niners game that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think he returned a kick for a touchdown. You know, so, I was going to say I could, I could use a little more Dante on this list, but he did show up. Technically, he threw the pass that Moss lateraled. Right, yes. that was a Dante deep pass. So we did have a Dante cameo on this list. Yeah. It's, fine. it's not a uh, sexy play, but I mean, the play that led to the Moss Moon at Lambeau was was an impressive throw from Dante, where he rolls out all the that way was, to the right. That was playoffs, though. That was playoffs. Right? That's yeah. right. Yep, that's yep. playoffs. Only, only playoff regular game. season here. Only yep. regular Get your season. playoff stuff out of here. We can do the playoffs <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, pretty good list there, Judd. It's a pretty good list. I'd like so, to know though. I'd like to know because I'm sure I'm missing some. Uh, well, I think like if you want to go further back, which I know you kind of put a. Hard date on this list, but 
Yep. There's a Fran Tarkenton scramble that's on NFL Films where he literally runs like 60 yards around behind. And I watched and, it. Okay. It's a, it's, unbel- it's a muddy it's, field, if I remember correctly. It is a stupid play. <laughs> like he's rolling, he's rolling, and then you're like, okay, he's going to stop and throw it. He rolls nope, again. He keeps going, yeah. And then on the run, just launches it. Yes. And then uh, receivers are just like out of gas for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> So there it is, Judd's pecking order here, continuing to celebrate the Justin Jefferson ridiculous catch. Um, over on Purple Daily, we ranked our top 10 teams in the NFL. You can find out where we think the Vikings rank after an Eagles loss on Monday Night Football and a Vikings win over the Buffalo Bills. And don't forget, too, on the Purple Daily podcast feed, we've got all sorts of uh, uh, spinoff shows. If you want to call them the Declan with, with Realistic Randy, you can find that yesterday. Uh, Thor Nystrom and Jesse Pierce with uh, the Before We Die podcast. And then tonight, Booney and I are going to sit down and record some trenches. So that should be out sometime tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, Flagger and Howells, Judd's Hockey Show. It's been a fun November here, carried by the Vikings largely. And the Twins just put out another teaser photo of their jersey unveil. From oh. They keep doing They this keep week. doing this, and things are leaking I, now. I just bought my nephew wanted a, a jersey. He turns... Um, Let's see here. Seven, seven at the end of the at the end of the month, and I just I got him a normal Twins one. I didn't wait for the new ones. I just decided I'm just going to get him a really him a regular one. Well, it's also discounted too because they're trying to get rid of the old jerseys. Okay, that's cheap. It's almost you, Christmas time. Can't you get the kid a new jersey? Let's play a game real quick of uh, diving into the comments of the latest oh, Twins tweet here. Yes, I okay. can do these. Okay, so the Twins tweeted a picture. It's just like a teaser picture of some what looks to be navy blue fabric with like a a white and some red. Like a there's some lettering and maybe like a number or something. And it says all caps soon. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Okay, the first response is please make these good. The second response is sign Puig. He's going to jail. He's going to jail. He's going to the penitentiary. Yeah. Noah chimes in, says, "Resign Correa or shut up. Your choice." Uh, the third, the the fourth wow. response is just a sarcastic "Oh boy" gif. Uh, Tyler says, "Does it say Correa on the back?" OC says, "Soon you are firing Rocco, right?" We're gonna win. Uh, another person says. <laughs> Already seen them. I can confirm they are mad ugly. Uh, here's another one that says, either give us Carlos Correa or tear down target field. The ball is in your court. Can I also add to the comments <laughs> of, uh, well of them announcing that Pink, the artist who I love. I love Pink. Pink's a great artist. But she's performing at target field next summer. They announced that this is happening. So let's read uh, the comments for this one. Oh, no. I read through the tweets. Pink is going to play shortstop and sing? Amazing! (laughs) I only want to watch Carlos Correa play shortstop for the Twins. Fitting, since the Twins twins are just like a pill. Which is a good little pun on a a Pink song. I will not be buying unless Carlos Correa is signed to a 10-year deal. Wow. I want to watch a healthy Major League player, including Correa in August at... Target Field, please stop injuring your employees. Oh, God. What? I don't know what that one means. Well, I think maybe they're referring to players as yeah. employees. And Oh, we have another new comment yeah. here on the uh, the jersey unveil. 
I'm sorry, does anyone care about getting new uniforms if you don't have a good team to put in them? Not going to pink unless you sign Korea to a 10-year, $350 million contract. Is there a more tone-deaf, oblivious oh, Teflon boy. franchise than the Minnesota Twins? They're just hoping to God hey, the fans are like, these are great jerseys. So they're going to, it sounds like... T.C. <laughs> Underwater cam. <laughs> they are going to unveil, it sounds like there might be like five combinations of things, too, because there's five players at the Mall of America thing. You know what I want to see? Five combinations of potential contracts you could offer Carlos Correa. That's what I want to see. Here's a nine-year deal. How about Here's an eight-year deal with a little more average how annual value. P- how about just finding pitching? Yeah. Is that too much Here's sales? five combinations of potential number one starters via trade or free agent signing. Swiss Cheese says this announcement scouting. is not the announcement we're hoping for during free agency. Can she play shortstop and pitch? Please. <laughs> This is great. Dude, they just like the the Twins franchise is TC Bear. Whether you've lost a hundred games Never or whether you've game. won a hundred games or whether you've you've got eight players on the injured no. list and fans are yelling at you, it's like every day it's hey everybody, here we are. <laughs> just standing outside We're Target Field. <laughs> you know what you guys are forgetting? You guys are you guys are not appreciating because you don't follow the news as closely as I do that Kyle Garlic has been re-signed. Yeah. Okay? Hey. Kyle Garlic oh, is coming back. So you've got that outfielder. He's a that, pretty good platoon here. Yeah, you got that bonus. You got that bonus guy that can exactly right that that can play. I mean, this is the start of something big. Kyle Garlic. Yes, let's get it. LFG. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyhow, that was fun. To wrap on Mackie. Do we talk enough twins? That yeah, was therapeutic. <laughs> Should we move on to go for football now? <laughs> Now let's just uh, maybe stick with with Vikings lists at this point. <laughs> Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session tomorrow. And don't forget, you can get your your Score North and Purple Daily gear, your Before I Die hoodies, your Victory Monday hoodies over at scorenorth.com slash shop. See you tomorrow. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. It keeps you seeing safely all year long. Pick up some at Walmart today. See safely on the road when you